Welcome to another new episode of the Dichotomy Podcast with myself, Shalina. Continuing on from our amazing chats with professional organisers in the UK. Um, today we have Anita Fortes from Anita Life. Uh, Anita is a member of Aptar UK, like myself, and started her business in 2018. Um, but it's been helping people to be organised for 15 years, which we're going to find out more about in a minute. Um, Anita has been helping clients predominantly who are dealing with mental health difficulties including anxiety and OCD. Um, With mental health difficulties arising for many during this uh, period right now with COVID, I thought it'd be a great time to discuss how organisers are helping their clients in their day-to-day life to help uh, deal with their mental health difficulties. So hi, Anita. Welcome to the Declutter Me podcast. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, so let's get straight into it. So I always love to know how organize, what organisers were doing before they became organisers full-time. So tell me, what were you doing before? So um, I was working as a primary school teacher, right. specialising in teaching very young children, so working in early years. And it's interesting because... When you teach in early years, you focus a lot on the environment because the children are playing quite a lot of the time and you have to structure the environment so that they're learning through play. So, you know, that's obviously a link with organising, isn't it? Because you really do have to think about how you plan the environment to maximise the children's learning. So I've been doing that for the past 25 years, but then... For the past sort of 15 years, I've also been doing some organising as well. Oh, wow. Sort of two years ago, I decided to organise full time and I set up my business properly. Right. And so what made you do the jump, you know, two years ago to become, uh, you know, to start Anita Life? Well, when I moved to um, Norfolk in the UK, I was working as an advisory teacher, so I was working for the council, actually going out into schools, supporting teachers with their practice. And then two years ago, I took voluntary redundancy. And that was the, the, the impetus, really, for me to actually throw myself into doing this full time and and it's great you know it was definitely the right decision yeah yeah I I can I completely agree with that (laughs) so one of your specialities is helping clients with reactive and in don't I cannot pronounce this endogenous depression is that right Yeah. yeah yeah I mean I didn't intend to organise supporting people with mental health difficulties, but it just seems to have developed that way over time. I have got a background in mental health, so going back many, many years, I worked as a psychiatric nurse, so I've got an RMN qualification, although I've not practised as a nurse for many years because I then moved into teaching. I suppose I've got that background and I've got that understanding about different mental health conditions and right. how they affect people. And it just seems that over time, I have more and more clients that will say that they've got a mental health condition. Right. Although when, when you think of the prevalence, Shalina, one in four people in the UK will suffer from a mental health condition at some point in their life. So yeah. people have got, you know, mental health issues. So it's highly likely that we're going to be working with people yeah. 
some kind of mental health condition, whether they choose to disclose that to us or not, yeah. of course, is entirely up to them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And what, so what is this kind of depression? Because I, I have depression, I, I'm diagnosed yeah. with it, but what is this kind? Because I've never heard yeah. of it. So, in, so depression tends to be um, categorised into two main areas. There's endogenous depression. Endogenous just means from within. So that's depression that doesn't have an external cause. So um, they're not sure, are they, what causes depression, but they think that with endogenous depression, it's probably a mix of um, sort of uh, biological or chemical or genetic factors. Right. Whereas with reactive depression, it's reacting to something external that's happened in your life. So you may never have suffered from depression at all and then... You might lose your job or go through a divorce or lose somebody that's very close to you and that triggers a depression. So that's the two different types, really, endogenous and reactive. Oh, okay. So now I've discovered I have endogenous then. <laughs> After all these years, I never knew. <laughs> you taught me something new today. So, um, so, and you also help people with OCD. So, I mean, a week, the amount of times I get people saying, oh, you must have OCD because you're an organizer, which is not yeah. true. And I hate that term being used so freely by people. Um, but you work with clients who actually are clinically diagnosed with OCD right yeah yeah I have done and I'm working with um, two women at the moment who have got a clinical diagnosis of, of OCD and it's it's really frustrating that there is this stereotype mm. that with OCD it's all about being extra clean and extra tidy and actually there is a category of OCD that's around symmetry and ordering and wanting things to be set in a certain place. But there are so many different types. I mean, it's basically the obsessive and the compulsive side. So people with OCD have obsessive, unwanted thoughts that are really, really, really distressing to them. And they might be thoughts about, um, you know, and this is the the distressing bit. Somebody who I work with has repeated unwanted thoughts about wanting to harm people and she's the gentlest person you could ever meet you know the key thing is they do not act on those thoughts they are very much unwanted Um, and then because that causes such anxiety and such distress the um the compulsive bit is carrying out actions repeating thoughts to try and lessen that anxiety so, you know, the typical things are sort of checking or tapping, counting. So there might be mental um, compulsions like like um, saying, so, so the, the, the woman that I work with, she has thoughts about hurting people and to lessen that anxiety, she has a compulsion to say prayers right. to herself and that, you know, that can go on for hours and hours and hours. So obviously it has a massive impact on our everyday life. And that's the key thing, isn't it? We, we all have varying levels of mental good or not so good health. Yeah. The key thing is when it becomes an illness, it's the fact that it's having a big impact on your everyday life. I think that's sort of the, 
the distinction between the two. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And and how do you help them then to deal with the day-to-day life when they have this compulsion? You know, if, if she's doing things, for prayers for hours, how can you help her to get back into the day-to-day life and to get organised to do do the, you know, the things she needs to do? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the key thing for me is remembering that OCD is an anxiety-based disorder. So any of the things that you might do to support somebody who has anxiety are going to apply. So as organisers, we know, don't we, that for some clients, they need really short sessions. Yeah. Just the act of decluttering and sorting and going through your belongings can trigger anxiety in people that don't have, you know, serious mental health conditions. So it's about being aware of that, keeping sessions short if that's what works for the client, making sure that you have regular breaks um, and then encouraging them to do some relaxation exercises to try and lessen that anxiety as it builds up, you know, and clients will will tell me, you know, they will say, well, this is what I do when I'm feeling particularly anxious. It might be going and having a sit outside in the garden for 10 minutes, or it might be spending five minutes stroking the cat, whatever it is that works for them. So, you know, when I work with a client and they have got a mental health issue and they tell me about that up front, I'll spend quite a lot of time talking to them about how it impacts on the daily life the strategies that work for them and that's gonna you know vary from person to person yeah 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 for sure and so what are your top tips and tricks to help people to be organized you know when you're especially when you're helping these kind of clients I think they're probably ones that have been said before by other organizers but I think they're pretty key so um being mindful about purchases not buying on impulse because it all starts with the purchase doesn't it that you know many of our clients end up with all of this stuff that they become overwhelmed by so much more mindful buying if you possibly can go away and think about it and then if you still think that you want to purchase then go ahead but think about it first Mm. and secondly just having a place for everything you know, yeah, yeah, a, a defined set place because it makes it so much easier then to just mm. be organized in your daily life. Yeah. And with, are you finding, you know, with these clients that you have, sorry, the sounds just went a bit funny, um, with the clients that you have helping them to get organized and to declutter, do they seem to buy more when they've got anxiety and? end up having more clutter uh, or is it are they the same as like the regular clients that we might have yeah I mean I think it, it varies very much from person to person I mean a couple of the um clients that I've worked with that have got OCD have actually got hoarding disorder as well yeah. so things tend to be quite closely aligned So then, um, obviously, there's a much bigger job. If they've got a tendency to hoard items, there's a much bigger job there in order to declutter. But I think in in this current sort of time of the COVID pandemic, people are spending a lot more time at home, I find, just generally. So Mm -hmm. much more aware of their environment and much more aware of 
how a cluttered environment can affect them, particularly if they've already got anxiety. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do when I'm working with clients that have, you know, have got anxiety or depression, because they tend to spend much more time at home anyway. Um, I mean, going back to OCD, there's a lot of quite a lot of shame and stigma. And very often they won't talk to people about the condition, especially if they're having thoughts, obsessive thoughts that they feel are not socially acceptable. So they tend to spend more time at home anyway. And then on top of that, we've been sort of confined to our homes. So I like to, when I'm organising with them, I like to try and help them to create, I mean, it's just such a simple thing, especially for clients with depression, trying to find a way of uh, creating a really lovely place for them to sit in the lounge or in a preferred room so that they've got, because I think self-care is so important. And that is one aspect of self-care that I think is really important and is often overlooked, just having a, a lovely, comfy place to sit you know with a little table with a couple of really favored objects on it it might be a couple of books or a nice vase but it can bring such a lot of comfort to people especially those that spend a lot of time at home yeah sure it's, it's very true I mean I have my lounge and I've got I bought a new coffee table because I wanted one to make myself feel better and it it's the best thing ever because it's where I spend so much time next to my couch and the you know the coffee table with my cup of tea so it, it yeah, I can relate to that completely. <laughs> this is um, this has been brilliant. How can people find out uh, more about you and get in touch with you, especially in uh, the UK, in your region? Well, I've got a website. My website is called Anita Life. So that's the main way of getting in contact with me. I don't do a lot of social media. It's probably something I should do a lot more of, but tend not to. <laughs> so yeah, through my website. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Anita, for being on the episode. Really do appreciate it. Um, thanks as always for listening to the Declutter Me podcast. If you'd like to get some more tricks and tips and advice, uh, please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook as Declutter Me. And if you don't want to miss our next weekly episode, you can subscribe to the Declutter Me podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Garmi and one of your favourite podcast players if you have any. Um, as well as YouTube. You can see my face on YouTube as well. And uh, it will pop into your notifications each week. So see you next time. And thank you again, Anita.